That's how you build rivalries, and that's how you build atmosphere. Edwards, three-pointer, it's good! This team is right there with anybody else in, in the country. They are clicking on kind of a different level that we didn't um, that we didn't see this year. Perry for the lead. Oh! He did it again. friends and welcome into zone star state the swarm this is our first episode ever so excited for this one it is a podcast for the non-d1 basketball teams in texas look ishmael johnson you know matthew bruni they, they got their thing going right like they do a great job we need something for all the other teams and that's what we're here for we're mainly going to stick with division two II, division three and NIA, but look, basketball season's in full swing, and we're going to get you caught up on who's in danger of missing the tournament, who's kind of surprised us with really good seasons, and then we're going to give you a look at what games we're watching this week and why. I am Corey Hogue, the non-D1 insider for Dave Campbell's Texas Basketball. You can find me on your favorite social media channels, at Corey Hogue Sports. It's all one word. There's no E. But there is an E at the end of the name. How about that? C-O-R-Y-H-O-G-U-E. Sports. Find my work at texasfootball.com backslash basketball as well. That is the site to go to. Texasfootball.com backslash basketball for all of our basketball stories and news. Joining me is Riley Zayas. Very excited to have him on. He is an expert in Division Three athletics and also the owner-operator of TrueToTheCrew.com, where you find out everything you need to know for Mary Harden-Baylor. Find Riley on social media, at Zayas Riley. That's his individual account. Or you can follow True to the Crew on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, at TrueToTheCrew. It's all one word. Crew is C-R-U. If you're a UMHB person, you should probably know that. And then you can check out the website, also named TrueToTheCrew dot com riley it has been a couple months and this is our first basketball podcast ever we have never had a non-d1 basketball podcast here we are and we're calling it the swarm which if you know defense means we got everyone covered out here exactly Corey. it's gonna be a lot of fun talking d2 d3 nai uh, basketball here across the state of Texas. And we got so many teams right now that are in contention in conference races that are, you know, in the top 25 nationally and gaining some of that national recognition. There's a lot to talk about. It'll be exciting to to dive into all of it, especially as we get into the next couple of months. And I mean, we're looking right now, we got six, seven weeks left of the regular season. 
and conference tournaments and then it's the NCAA tournaments and a lot to follow there. So uh, very excited to be on here and, and talking Texas, you know, non D one college basketball. Oh yeah, definitely. Cause it, it's a lot of good basketball and we have a lot of good teams, a lot of things to get to. Our plan is to be on here weekly. That is the plan right now. There are a lot of different things going on during this, this time for both Riley and myself. So we will let you know there may be some that we're not getting, but we're going to do our best to get you up to the NCAA regionals and beyond if a team takes us there. We're going to go pretty quick. This episode is going to be pretty intense. It's going to be information filled. And then from here on out, we're kind of going to break down some of the games we were watching. We'll tell you those at the end. And and then we're going to break them down next week and give you the next games that we're watching, get a little more in-depth on each conference, but we want to get caught up, right? Here we are in January. We have hit conference seasons in full swing. Everybody's come off the Christmas break. Uh, And that's when Riley, in my opinion, I was mentioning this last week. This is the moment. This is the time of season where if, if you're a team struggling, that Christmas break is gives you that opportunity to turn it around. And whether that means struggling to make the tournament or struggling to win games, this Christmas break always gives teams a, a chance to kind of improve a little bit. It really does because you have that time away from each other. And I talked to several coaches, in fact, after the, you know, kind of their December 19th, December 20th games right before the holiday break. And they say, it'll be good for us to kind of have a few days apart Then we come back together, and when we come back together, everyone knows it's time to make that push towards the conference title. You know, it's it's a point when you can come back, really turn the page, get into the harder conference play. There's going to be a lot of a lot of road trips that come up for a lot of these teams, and and really find out who they are. Uh, A lot of crucial games. I mean, these are conferences, you know, that we're talking about where there's a lot of separation, a game, two games, even maybe, uh, but a lot of movement there, a lot of opportunity to make that run. No one's completely out of it at this point uh, when you look at the top five or top six in a league. But at this point as well, you need to make the most of the next few weeks to, to get yourself in position for that late charge towards the finish line of the regular season. You know, we're, we're into the part of the season here where we, there are some teams that are really standing out to us. Uh, and in the Lone Star Conference, there are some really good teams. We expected them to be good. Angelo State, you know, West Texas A&M really expected them to be good this year. But there's a few surprises, and a couple of them I want to mention. Dallas Baptist, I saw them in person when they played Midwestern State. Very good. They get they attack the paint. They've got a very big physical group. Uh, I was very impressed with Dallas Baptist. They're 11-1 and right now. And uh, I think they've got to be right now the favorite in the Lone Star Conference East Division. Now, when you look at the West Division, we talked Angelo State, West Texas A&M, you know they're there. Lubbock Christian, that's another one, right? The West is loaded. Well, they added another one. Uh, UT Permian Basin, UTPB now, they're 10-3 and overall. They're 5-2 and in conference and 2-1 and inside the West Division this weekend, all those four teams kind of are going to play each other. It's going to be a very interesting weekend, Riley. Uh, but for Permian, Kyle Tolan, second season, you know, that's a real step forward for them. Dallas Baptist has 
been here before. Uh, Dr. Blake Flickner, he does, he's done a great job there. They've been in regionals. They had a, a run of probably five or six straight regional appearances. So that DBU has been there. They just weren't there last year. They're a little better than we expected. I think the real surprise uh, are the Falcons. I'd agree. I mean, you look, you know, 8 no at home, and, and they've defended the home court. You know, any coach will tell you that's huge. you got to win your games at home. But on top of that, I mean, they they just they, they battled Angelo State really, really well when they played them. Um, you know, I think they're two wins away from tying their, their conference win total from last year. They won seven conference games last year. You know, they've, they've won five already this year. That's a really good spot to be in. It's it's nice to see, you know, in a way that kind of that, that turnaround, that rebuild of the program taking shape. And we're seeing it play out on the court this year. Uh, really great credit to that coaching staff for for putting them in this position. It's it's a tough league to compete in, and they're holding their own uh, through the first half of this year. They have they have done a great job. Uh, when we look over, when we go down into Division Three and we start looking around the ASC, uh, Harden Simmons is at the top, and I think Harden Simmons is one of those teams, uh, Riley, that you know. They're eleven and two overall, and I think we're not surprised to see them at the top of the conference in the standings. But the eleven and two may be a little higher than we expected to see at this point in the season for them. Right. I mean, you look at the AAC preseason poll, uh, which is you know votes from from coaches and sports information directors, and Harden's was number three. I think for them to be number one at this point is pretty surprising in, in some respects because we knew they were going to be good. But for so long, they've been behind uh, UMHB and, and ETBU, at least with the last couple of years. You know, Harden-Simmons has been a competitive program. But to be at the top of the league, to be undefeated in league play, you know, undefeated at home, they, they played West Texas A&M very, very tough. Uh, and they played them there at West Texas A&M's uh, home, home court. So, you know, this is a team that I think people are underestimating a little bit with how strong they are. Will Bartosik is just a fantastic score, top 10 uh, you know, type guy in the country in terms of points per game. So a uh, team to be keeping an eye on, especially because, you know, they've, they've exceeded those expectations at this point, you know, they're, they're, they're ahead of UMHB and ETBU in the league standing. So good stuff happening there in Abilene. Right behind Harden Simmons is Letourneau. That I think is the surprise of the ASC right now. They're four and two in conference, nine and five overall. Riley, are they going to continue to be in this position here in the next month or so, or or is this kind of just an opening little shot and then you know competition picks up? It really won't surprise me if they're right there in that mix as we head into the AAC tournament, especially, I mean, this is a, a really a wide open league, right? You have Harden Simmons and then you have a lot of other teams right there in contention. Top six make the conference tournament and we could see this, uh, you know, those final spots decided on the, on the last day of the regular season. Letourneau is one of those teams that's been competitive again the last couple of years, but it seems like they've taken a step forward. They got some good size and that size, especially in the post has really helped them uh, contend. They're strong on the boards. Uh, they beat St. Thomas, which St. Thomas is a very, very good team in the SCAC. They beat them early on in the season. So lots of lots to like about where Letourneau's at right now um, at this point in, in the year. Yeah, no, they're playing really well. I, that That's the one team that I, I saw, I looked at, and I said, that's one I didn't necessarily expect to be there. They're, they've Not that they're 
a bad team, right? They're always right on that, that the fringe of making the conference tournament or not. Uh, but this year, right now, they're firmly in the conference tournament. And I, I don't know that many of us were expecting them quite to be at that level right now. Yeah, yeah, great stuff to see from them. Again, the AAC is going to be a tough league and one that you're going to want to follow because it's going to be some some real battles down the stretch to determine those standings. Yes, it will. And this this next statement may surprise some people, but the best Division three basketball teams in the state of Texas right now, in Corey Hogue's opinion, reside in the SCAC. They're in the Southern Collegian Athletic Conference, and it starts with the Trinity Tigers. It is a very impressive 15-0 record, Riley. Yeah, Trinity, I've had the chance to see them several times in person this year and seem, you know, play in Las Vegas a couple weeks ago and get some really top-level competition from out of region. Uh, Trinity, you know, they play with pace. They got a lot of guys uh, who can shoot from the perimeter. Uh, very, very good three-point shooting team. And, and that's one of their biggest strengths. When you look at the way they can move the ball around, they've got a lot of depth. And so when you have that many shooters on the floor at one time, it makes it tough for the defense to, to know who to guard. And then when you add in the pace that they play with, it, it just makes it that much more difficult. They, they really utilize their fast breaks well. Um, they, they don't turn the ball over a whole lot. As a result, they, they capitalize on a lot of possessions. So, uh, you know, we've seen them battle down the stretch against some teams. Schreiner uh, came within a point of them, but, but Trinity's made some good defensive stops late in games. And so I think on the floor you're seeing some experienced guys really stepping up. Again, this is a team that's been in the SCAC tournament final three straight years, and they haven't won it yet. And I think they feel like this year they can finally break through. Well, if they're going to break through, they've got to go through until they defeat them, until they're knocked them off, the champ is still the champ, and that's St. Thomas. And again, Riley, it's St. Thomas. They're really good. The Celts are 13-2 and two this year, 5-1 and one in conference. Uh, it's not unexpected that they're here, but are they – as good as advertised in the preseason polls. Yeah, I think they are very good. I think at this point, Trinity is uh, uh, the better team right now uh, from what I've seen. But at the same time, this is a battle that we've seen play out year after year. And obviously, Shriner kind of snuck in there last year and won the SCAC tournament. But St. Thomas and Trinity have been right in the mix every single year. Um, and the thing about St. Thomas is, is they got they, they have the size – uh, and, and the playmaking ability from the perimeter that really complements each other well. And so when you have that inside-outside presence, it can it can take you some places. And uh, I think that's what makes the Laterno win over St. Thomas that much more impressive. We've seen what St. Thomas has done throughout the first couple of months this year. Uh, yeah, they really haven't wavered. Uh, they beat Mary Hart and Baylor, which was a nice win uh, at that point. And we'll talk about Mary Hart and Baylor in a, in a little while. But uh, you know, St. Thomas is just a team that – we could really see getting back to the NCAA tournament again this year for, for back-to-back appearances with the momentum they have going right now. Definitely could. And by the way, St. Thomas's gym hosted Rice UTSA last week uh, in a conference game because Rice was unable to use their facility. Thought that was kind of uh, uh, interesting, uh, embarrassing <laughs> if you're Rice. But other than that, it's interesting. Uh, Going to head over to the women's side now, Division Two Lone Star Conference. The team, Riley, Nate Vogel, 
has the Dust Devils of Texas A&M International rolling this year. He he, they were good a couple years ago. They kind of went. They they took a bit of a step back last year, but this year they are for real. They started the season winning all three games up in Vancouver, British Columbia. But most impressive is a win on the road at Lubbock Christian, sixty-five to sixty, back in December. And this was December tenth. I don't want to hear it wasn't Christmas break. I don't want to hear finals. They went on the road. They went into Rip Griffin and they beat Lubbock Christian 65 to 60. That team is going to be one that at least in the East division, they're going to be probably, they're probably, well, they are the surprise threat to the two that we thought would be good. UT Tyler and Texas women's. And by the way, they are good, both UT Tyler and Texas women's. But, you know, Riley, the Dust Devils are right there with those two teams, and I don't think any of us saw that come. Right. I mean, that's a huge, huge start uh, for a team that, you know, really was a wild card uh, for, for a lot of people, as you alluded to, Corey, entering the season. You know, 21st in the country right now in the WBCA, top 25. They're starting to make those those grounds, you know, and those strides. Uh, that are are nice to see from a team at this point in the year. Now, again, you always have to ask yourself, are they going to be able to continue that momentum down the stretch here, especially as you get into the heart of the conference schedule? Uh, January 20th will be a big one. They play Texas women's uh, there, and and that's going to be a big matchup, I think, just in terms of that race. Uh, So something to keep an eye on in terms of upcoming matchups there on January 20th. But, yeah, this is a team, I mean, they're they're clicking all cylinders right now. And they got a lot of playmakers and some upperclassmen that have really helped helped lead them throughout the the first two months. Yeah, and you know they're they're taking care of business against the teams they should. They still have four games left against UT Tyler and Texas Women's, and that's going to decide those three seeding in the tournament where they end up for the season in the East Division. But they've already gone through the gauntlet of three straight games or right. four. Yeah, that four straight games. They had a UTPB. Angelo stayed at home. Then they did Lubbock and WT. They won two of those. To come out with a two-game split of those four straight games is quite impressive. And I think we're going to hear a lot more from Nate Vogel's team moving forward. Now another team, not as big a surprise because they were they were coming on late last year. This is one you could see coming, but not it. Five and one and ten and two in the conference. Uh, ten and two overall. Five and one in the conference, and that's UTPB women. The the Falcons are just tremendous there. And I think Riley, I know we've got a, a thing coming up where we're going to talk about games to watch, and this is not on that list because we're trying to keep it short. But I will be paying very close attention to UT Permian Basin's weekend because they've got that trip that's like, what, WT, Love It Christian? That's yep. a hard trip, man. Yep. No no doubt. I mean, that's a, a very difficult set of, of games. And I think, you know, that's one of the things you want to see from teams. If you're going to be able to win the league or win your division, you need to be able to win on the road because, you know, right now we see them. They haven't lost at home yet. Uh, that's huge. You need to start with that, but you gotta be able to go out and get some of those road wins. We've seen that from them, you know, over the course of of the of, you know the first 
you know, a few months, but they've only played three road games. And and that's where, you know, I think there, if there's a wild card with this team, a big question mark, it's going to be, can they win on the road? We'll find that out, as you mentioned here, coming up very soon. Yeah, well, definitely Ray Booth has them uh, going out there in Permian. On the women's side, uh, first-year coach, and it's not a surprise to us, Riley, because we knew Katie Novak's a good coach. We know that Mark Moorfield had a pretty solid talent-wise team. Mary Harn Baylor's been talented now for the last few years. But you never know how that mix is going to go. And it has been a pleasant surprise in Belton to see uh, UMHB have such a good start to this season at 13-1 and overall and a 6-0 and lead in the conference with a big one coming up that we'll talk about here later on. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they got a big weekend uh, ahead. Uh, but you you look at a team that that comes in with a new coach, and we knew, again, there was a lot of returning talent. Um, there was also some players, you know, who were brought into the program. Alexis Carmesino comes as a transfer from Sol Ross State, has made a, a, an immediate impact in the starting lineup. Uh, those are the kinds of, of, of pieces that you need to, to fall into place if you're going to be able to compete right away as a first-year, you know, head coach. Um, you know, I think what we've seen as well from this team is, is they've, you know, they, they like to play with pace and they play really, really solid defense. The offensive rebound, you know, they're fourth in the country in offensive rebounds. So those things, if you do those well, uh, you're going to win some games. Their only losses to Trinity, Texas, who we know is very good. Uh, and that was actually a game where they led for, for a good portion of it um, and ended up losing late. So uh, what we've seen from UHB is, is a lot, a lot of, a lot of positives. Uh, through the first half of the ASC schedule. But again, some big, big ones coming up that will say a lot about this team. Definitely will. And when you, when you take a look at the SCAC, you mentioned Trinity. We expected Trinity to be pretty good. They are. Colorado College, same thing. There's a surprise over there. These Bulldogs of Texas Lutheran, Riley, they are off to a 13-3 and start and 6-1 and in conference are they a team that's going to to be challenging for one of the top two seeds in the conference tournament? Absolutely. Troy Patterson just has them clicking on all cylinders. I mean, this is the best start in program history in their in their NCAA history. Uh, you know, they just they everything's right now. What we've seen from them, even in the Trinity game, you know, they pushed Trinity to overtime in Seguin. Um, in a game that really kind of gone, you know, either way. So, so Texas Lutheran kind of where we saw them last year uh, in the SCAC tournament, winning some games, you know, surprising us a little bit as of, you know, down the stretch, we're seeing that now right out of the gate. They beat D2 St. Edwards who, you know, a D2 win is a D2 win, right? And at the end of the day, you know, we, we talk about the levels and things. Um, I think, you know, you, you see there that division three teams can win some of these D2 games and we won't get into all that there, but, Texas Lutheran just has shown an ability to compete. And I think that's, at the end of the day, what's really allowed them to be in the conference race here in the SCAC. This this SCAC race is not decided by any means, so a lot to be paying attention to there down the stretch. Oh, yeah, in the SCAC, you've got Colorado College and Trinity at 5-1, and one, TOU at 6-1. At and one. This is going to be a fun one that we're going to keep an eye on. And you mentioned the Bulldogs win over St. Ed's. Sure, maybe St. Ed's isn't 
a mid or top team in the Lone Star Conference, but that doesn't discount the win, right? A team that that has athletic scholarships should not lose to a team that does not have athletic scholarships, uh, and that's that's just how it should be, right? And if you would lose to them, then you need to figure out why your team would. <laughs> so, but it does say a lot though for TLU to go in there and to have the talent and the players to come in there and to take on. That's not an easy place. It's not an easy place to go into Austin and win, and they did, and we know the Bulldogs are going to be a team we keep an eye on for the rest of this year. And I want everyone to know we are a podcast on the Zone Star State Network, an extension of Dave Campbell's Texas Basketball. Please like and subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Megaphone, whatever platform you find your podcast. Please like and subscribe there and then share it. So that way you can help us grow. We really appreciate it, especially that we're doing basketball now. And basketball is one of my, uh, one of my favorite sports, Riley. I really enjoy basketball. It's fun. It's quick. The games can be intense uh, and you're inside instead of out in the cold. I'm all for that, man. Especially at this time of year. Oh, man, this weekend they're saying it's going to get down. Uh, I live in Wichita Falls. Uh, we're talking uh, – they're, they're showing single digits, man, and I, I'm really starting to get concerned because if the earth don't have a temperature, we're in, we're in trouble. <laughs> yeah, we, we certainly are used to those temperatures down here in, in the state of Texas. It'll be, uh, yeah, cold, cold winter coming up, I think. Oh, man, going to have to get the hot toddies ready to go. Right? <laughs> Oh, wait, no, that's the old man drink, isn't it? Well, that 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 now explains a lot of things. Uh, <laughs> if you're of age, a hot toddy is a nice winter drink. That's all I'm saying, right? <laughs> we'll move on. Teams in danger of missing the tournament. And there are a few. And these are teams that we thought should or would or has historically been uh, a threat to make a spot in the NCAA tournament, but they find themselves at this point of the season need to be one of those teams we talked about earlier. It's got to turn it around. You need to use that Christmas break to give you some positive momentum. Uh, and then the Lone Star Conference tournament, that, that's Texas A&M Kings. Uh, Omar Gonzalez took over. Johnny Estelle left and went, became an assistant coach at North Texas. And, and Omar uh, is a was a big part of what they had built there at Kingsville. I'm not sure right now where the disconnect has been, but that's a team that is used to making the regionals, and they sit at three and nine overall, one and six in the conference. This really is the time, Riley, where they're in an East division that's not near as strong top to bottom. We are in divisional play now in the Lone Star Conference for the majority of the season that's remaining. If they're going to make a run, it has got to be right now because they're in danger of missing the conference tournament, not just the NCAA tournament. Yeah, and that's not a good spot to be in, but you look at you know up and down their schedule, five losses by single digits. And, and so I think that tells a lot uh, of the story there because you, you stay competitive in these games, but – if he can't execute down the stretch, it'll be it'll put you in a bad spot. And, and to lose five games by single digits is a, is a pretty telling number. Um, these are close games. You know they they played two two you know three games total in overtime. One of those was an exhibition, but 
they've, they've been in a lot of really close games. They've come out with some wins there. Uh, we just saw one last week where they where they won in overtime. But you need to be able to win those games and, and pull away when you have that chance there in the second half. We just haven't seen some some strong second halves from them. And I think ultimately that's been a big deciding factor in, in their record at this point. It's not that they haven't been competitive. They just haven't been able to kind of get the buckets to go down late uh, when they need them, you know, and, and it turns out w- with some losses when if a couple things go a different way, it's easily a win. And that that's one area too, where, where Johnny has still really thrived and, and Omar has got to find how he's going to do it his way. Cause every coach is different, how you're going to find success at the end of the game. And he's got to figure that out with this team. Uh, another thing though, man, just, absolute insanity for the Havilinas last weekend on Thursday they hosted St. Mary's they hosted St. Edwards on Saturday on Thursday they win the game on a half court shot at the buzzer that's how they win then they turn around to Saturday they find themselves facing a good St. Edwards team they've got them on the ropes St. Edwards comes down and in the last second, hits a long three-pointer. It was inside the half-court line, but not by much. Hit a long three-pointer. Uh, and that, you talk one-possession games in a weekend, you go from that euphoria to that much of a heartbreak. That's really tough for a lot of people to deal with, man. That's a lot of emotions. Yeah, no, it definitely is. I mean, you you kind of experience the highs of a you know buzzer beating win, and then you you experience the lows that come with you know going the other way, right? And uh, yeah, those are. I mean, that's why we love basketball, but that's also what makes it so tough. You know, you, you compete through an entire game, and it comes down to an off balance three pointer at the buzzer that happens to go in, and you end up on the losing end of that. It's sports, man. That's why we watch it. That's why we love it. Uh, but I got to ask you about your crew, Mary Harden Baylor men. I was not, ex- I mean, seven and six overall. I mean, they play a tough schedule, right? Cliff, Cliff Carroll's going to play a very tough schedule, but three and three in conference, they're right in the middle. And there's another team stuck with them there too, that I think we got to mention as well. And that's ETBU. Uh, those two teams are in danger right now of, they're on the bubble of a conference tournament. And if you don't make the conference tournament, you have no chance of getting NCAA. Right. This has been a very interesting year uh, in, in the ASC when it comes to that, because UMHB ETBU both went uh, to the round of 32 last year. Obviously UMHB wins on that buzzer beater from Josiah Johnson to go to the sweet 16. Uh, you know, th- those two teams were top of the league all, all last year made sense that they were top two in the preseason poll this year, but you know, we just haven't seen things click. And, and UMHB started the year 2-0. and uh, They went up to Illinois, got two really solid wins. And then they come back and they lose to Texas Lutheran. They played kind of, you know, games where there wasn't a lot of, you know, a conference schedule. You're going to play Thursday and Saturday, and there's a little bit of, you know, a flow to things. Uh, they were playing games around finals and around different, you know, things and, and Thanksgiving break. And, we saw that kind of come out um, because especially those games were on the road and, and they played St. Thomas tough and end up on the losing end of that. Uh, you know, again, a lot of single digit, a lot of close losses for them early on. Things have started to kind of get figured out, but, but we just haven't seen the consistency. Uh, you, you see some of the guys that they lost last year, Ty Prince was so valuable and to not have him on the floor. I think we're starting to see kind of the, 
maybe maybe the 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 hole he left behind, right? And I think you know they they obviously recruit well. Cliff Carroll does a good job of recruiting, but it's just a matter of getting y'all to, to to come together. And sometimes you know that that doesn't happen right away. Certainly, gonna be interested to see how UMHB and ETB both, who have kind of had similar seasons so far, uh, approach these next two months. Again, wide open conference race. Uh, you got to make the most of your opportunities and you get to go play hard in Simmons first place in the league uh, on Thursday. So you you really want to be able to capitalize on that opportunity. If you can, you're going to have to, you got, these are the times you've got to start capitalizing on those. We we go a look over on the women's side and in the Lone Star conference, you know, UT Tyler. Yeah. They're where we expected them to be. They're 13 and three, if not, maybe even a little better than, than pundit said again this year, right? Like Rebecca Alvidra has proven us all wrong again. Surprise. I uh, love it. Christian. They're good. They're 10 and three angel of state 11 and four West Texas, A&M nine and five, four and two in conference one and one in the West division. This last weekend, I witnessed them get taken to the woodshed by Midwestern State, a young team, Bernita Jackson in her first season. Let me tell you, Riley, this is not a 3-10 and team anymore on the floor, right? They, there was a lot of growing pains early in the season for the Mustangs. There was a lot of learning how to play at Division II level. But once they believed that they belonged there and had the talent to play there, been a whole different team and they outworked out hustled out out desired west texas a&m now the lady buffs turned it around in a trip to cameron and got a win there but i was i was talking to josh prop their coach after that game against msu and i, I told him i said man this is your team's got to turn that on and, and he knows it he, he knows <laughs> he's on the committee he certainly knows it's time to turn that on right uh, you're you can't be WT is three and three on the road. That is a, they've been up and down on the road and that's where they need to find that consistency because without it, if you're going into the Lone Star Conference tournament as a six, seven or eight seed, you're going in with the need, you know, possibly you're going, well, you are going in thinking you have to win the tournament to make the NCAA and that's not a position you want to be in, in the Lone Star Conference with the, this type of basketball. Not at all. Like, uh, you know, and I've, I've said this multiple times through, you know, our conversation here, but you got to be able to win on the road. If you're going to be able to have a chance to, to win your division, uh, certainly get a good seat at the tournament. You know, what's been interesting with them is we've seen some really nice wins, you know, Montana state Billings nationally ranked team that they, that they beat Texas AM, uh, international nationally ranked team, uh, team that was receiving votes at that point that they played them, they beat them there. You know, they beat Azusa Pacific. These are all teams in quality wins right now. But at the same time, you have the losses that really don't look good. And, and it's been that inconsistency that you, you just touched on that's really hurt them because at, at some points they look like one of the nation's top 25 teams and at others they look like a team that's going to be towards the bottom of the conference and, Definitely something to figure out there. If any of you lady buffs are listening to me right now, you're really not going to like what I have to say right now, but I'm about to tell you how it goes. You can't go to Oklahoma Christian and lose by 22, and you can't go to MSU and lose by 20. Not saying you can't lose, saying you can't put up those kinds of performances. In in the against 
Oklahoma Christian, you scored 56, 55 against MSU. And what I saw is a team capable of dominating. You've got the talent. You've got the players. If you're a lady buff and you're listening to this, take what I say and allow it to fuel you then. You've got the ability, but it's up to you to go do it. Because at this point in the season, it's not about the coaching. It's about you taking over and saying, we're not going to allow ourselves to not come out and be fully focused on any game from this point forward. Right. I mean, I think that's the approach you have to take. And again, like I said, we've seen them beat these really, really good teams uh, multiple times. So, you know, the, they weren't fluke wins, but at the same time, you gotta, you gotta take care of those conference games. You gotta be able to win uh, when, when it matters most. And that's within your conference schedule. That's in January. That's in February. So we'll see what happens now. Yes, we will. And then on the division three side, East Texas Baptist, a team that we've gotten used to, dominating the last few years has really struggled they're six and eight overall really tough tough early stretch really wore on them a lot of road games uh but they have won four in a row against middle to bottom teams in their conferences i would say is this a team that just needed to get that positive momentum, Riley, and now it's look out because now we could see the those Lady Tigers just take off. I mean, there's a win in there that that you know I think some people have forgotten about because it was it was a while back. You're right, four four straight wins. They beat Harden Simmons, and, and that's a big win there. Having watched that game, you know I think we saw uh, some things are clicking now. You know, they had five new stars on the floor from the get-go, right? And they graduated several key players from last year. And I think that's a big part of kind of the replacement and, and the and, you know, kind of reloading, if you will. Um, I think you're right, Corey. It just needs some positive momentum. I mean, sometimes you're in that spot where you start out with a couple tough, tough ones, and then, you know, the, the momentum's not in your favor. It's tougher to go into these road environments and win games. But once you can start putting together a few wins – you know, the confidence starts to build, especially with a younger team, and you never know where that can take you. So I think the Harden-Simmons win showed us that they're capable of certainly competing with the best of the best in the league. I think these four wins have shown us they, they're able to put together some wins, you know, back-to-back-to-back to back to back and put together more of that consistency. So good stuff from ETBU right now, but definitely, you know, uh, not where we expected them to be compared to past years. Again, though, five new stars is always tough for any team. Big game coming up for them next week on the 18th. They go to Abilene. They play Harden Simmons again. Uh, if if they if this recent turnaround is for real, they'll have won six in a row going into that game, and then we'll see how that goes. And, and if look, if Harden Simmons comes out and blows them away, well then one game could have been an anomaly, right? Like that's what we don't know right now, but we'll find that out in about a week, but uh, for East Texas Baptist sake, they're going to need that win. They're going to need that win at Harden Simmons, and they're going to need that win at home against UMHB. Uh, They've also got to take care of the rest of their conference schedule. There are some big games this week, Riley. I was looking at this and trying to narrow it down. This is so hard to do this week there are so many good ones uh from the lone star conference point of view and i think we should just be fully open 
uh, with the audience. I tend to watch more of the Lone Star Conference. Riley watches more of the Division Three basketball. That's that's where more of our expertise and focus is, and that's why this podcast works so well together because Riley brings that Division Three knowledge, uh, and I bring him relief from having to watch <laughs> anything else, right? That's a lot of teams in D3. Uh, starting at the Lone Star Conference, what I will be watching uh, Thursday – Angelo State men at WT, also Angelo State women at WT. I'm just going to throw out that whole night, Thursday night. I'm marking it down. Angelo State at West Texas A&M. On the men's side, you've got a battle with number four versus number 10. Who's for real? The balls have been good at home, but the Rams have been good at home and on the road, and they're really starting to get healthy and get those pieces together. Vinay is Vinay Patel, the head coach at Angelo State. He's He's feeling good. He even said it in his press conference this week. They're feeling like they're getting it together. But if you're doing that, this is where you got to prove it. The Buffs play extremely well at home. And then on the women's side for WT, this is almost a must win. They do a really good job at home defending their home floor. They need this win over Angelo State uh, this week. Those are the first games that I'm going to say I'm watching, but there's other games on Thursday, Riley, that I'm pretty sure I'm just going to go ahead and say, I think Riley's going to be an Abilene on Thursday. Uh, I wish I was, I wish I was <laughs> going to be an Abilene. Uh, I won't be, but I'll certainly be tuned in because I tell you what, uh, these matchups, Merrill Baylor, Harden Simmons, men's and women's, uh, on both sides are going to be huge, right? You look at the women's side first, UMHB, you know, top of the league right now. They're, they're, you know, they're undefeated in league play. Harden Simmons is right there, a game back from them. They have that ETBU loss, but Harden Simmons is, is right here in the mix. Harden Simmons actually ranked ahead of UMHB in both major national polls. So a little bit of an interesting thing there. Harden Simmons beat UMHB twice last year, but UMHB won the three previous to that. So there's a little bit of a rivalry here. Uh, we, we got some talent on both sides. It's going to be a huge women's matchup, not only for the conference, but for Region 10 purposes and regional rankings. On the men's side, you know, we're going to see Maryland Baylor men really tested. And uh, if, you know, if UMHB men are going to turn the corner, it's going to be here in Abilene. But, again, Harden-Simmons men are on a roll right now. Um, they're, you know, they're, they're playing very well at home. They got a lot of, a lot of talent. Uh, and, and we're going to see if Harden-Simmons can really defend uh, that number one, you know, first place in the ASC kind of position they're in right now uh, could be one of the toughest games they play within the remainder of their conference schedule. And then on the men's side as well, uh, as we move into Friday, I think, you know, St. Thomas and Trinity is going to be an absolute battle in San Antonio. Again, we've talked about both these teams uh, earlier on the podcast. We know how good they are. These are teams that have a lot of familiarity and uh, a little bit of rivalry there as well. So definitely one that I'm going to be keeping an eye on. Uh, that could be a preview uh, of the SCAC tournament final uh, when we get into to late February. I think right now we could say likely preview of that. I, I think that's where we're going to go. I'm going to throw a little bit of a curveball here at what we were going to talk, which games we were going to talk about next, uh, just simply because I can throw in the other set of games that goes with this. And we're going to start – uh, with we're, UT Permian Basin, Lubbock Christian, Thursday night they play, right? Lubbock, that's big for both men and women on both sides, as we've said throughout this. UTPB is really good. This is a big-time test for them Thursday night on the road at Rip Griffin 
for the men and women. And then they turn around Saturday and they go take on West Texas A&M. Again, man, this is this weekend, Riley. When we come back next weekend, we're going to be talking about what we learned about UTPB, Angelo State, WT, Lubbock Christian. They're all four playing that round, Robin. We'll be talking about what we learned from them. Those games are going to be entertaining. Yeah, they're going to be huge games. I mean, huge. Uh, I think, you know, when, when you get these big-time conference battles, it just brings out the best in both teams. I certainly expect that out of these games, you know, here coming this weekend because, you know, when you get these teams together and they know what's on the line, that's high-level basketball. If you want to find a game to tune into, I mean, a couple games, it's going to be these because uh, there's a lot on the line, a lot of implications, and both teams are going to be playing extremely, extremely hard. There's a sneaky good women's game on Sunday. Colorado College at U Dallas. U Dallas is 10 and 6, Riley. They are having one of the better seasons they've had in recent memory. A uh, 4 and 3 in the conference. Colorado College is a good one. Uh, they're 11 and 4. They're 5 and 1 in conference. They've won 5 in a row. This is a road game though. And when Colorado College sometimes struggles when they come to Texas, that's going to be an interesting one to see what happens. It really will be. Um, you know, this is a team in U Dallas that's taken some significant strides. Uh, they beat a good McMurray team. McMurray's a, you know, we talk about improved teams. McMurray women are very improved. They're in the ASC and, and U Dallas gets the win there from McMurray early in the year. And I think at that point, the momentum started rolling for, for U Dallas. Um, Colorado College just beat Trinity last week. And, uh, you know, we know how good Colorado College is on their home floor. Uh, but they also, you know, they're, they're the one team in the conference that has to fly in uh, to Texas and make those trips. And that's tough on a team. Uh, but there's a lot of talent there for Colorado College. You know, they got some fantastic players, Zoe Tomlinson. Uh, in the post is, is going to be tough to stop. If, if U Dallas wins this game, they got to find a way to keep Colorado College out of the paint. That's always a challenge. That's a key to win in every game. I think if if you if you get in the paint and keep the other team out of it, you have a, a pretty good chance. A lot of times, a lot of times, unless the other team's just raining threes down on your head, then it doesn't do you any good. Yeah, it really doesn't. At that point, you got to get out there and defend the perimeter. Man. This was fun, Riley. We are back talking basketball, and this is going to be a fun next few weeks. We're, we're hitting this right as it's ramping up, and, and we'll be looking back in a few weeks going, man, I can't believe it's already mid-February. We're going to be talking conference tournaments coming up in the next uh, month or so. It really is upon us that fast. First week of – last week of February is the uh, Division Three conference tournaments. The first week of March is the Division Two conference tournaments. Uh, the The first week of March is when the NCAA tournament starts for Division Three. So they're they're altered by a week. I wish they weren't. I wish all of the divisions were at the same. But hey, that's a conversation for a whole nother day. The most important part is we appreciate you for listening, and we hope that you return next week. We're going to break down these games. That we're, that we're watching. We're going to talk a little bit. We're going to dive into the NAIA a little bit. Didn't have time today. We're going to get a little bit of NAIA tech, check on some Texas Wesleyan, some Sagu, some, some Wayland Baptist, some people down there, see what's going on. For Riley Zayas, I'm Corey Hogan. Until we meet again, thank you so much for listening and have a blessed week. <laughs>